flute. No, it's not jazz flute, is it? It's more funk flute. Well, I didn't expect the flute. I, I heard it come in and I was into it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I could riff off that. Okay, I think we'll think about that through the week as to what yeah. it might be the one. Is it on brand? I think it's on brand. Totally. Yeah. 70s car chase. Jeez. That's scary. Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> hello and welcome to Cars God Podcast, where we tear down and pressure test and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James and with me are Richard G'day. and Tom. Hey. This week, among other things, we'll look at ludicrous luxury, buying your next ride on Amazon, and you guessed it, flying cars. But first, Musquatch. Okay, has Elon blown it completely? I know this has been all over the news globally, most of the world anyway, but uh, what do we think? Is this kind of a person's true colours coming through when they're, when they're put under pressure? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like Firecracker Night, or those yeah. that can remember Firecracker Night, when you think the firecracker's gone out or it's done its thing and then you walk over closer to it and then it goes... <laughs> like that. This is, this is the moment we thought... We thought that uh, Elon had completely lost it, yeah. but no, he hadn't. He was just warming up. So for anyone who's been living under a rock, well, um, oh, that's a bad pun, um, for the last uh, <laughs> the last week or so, uh, yeah, Elon called an English guy who lives in Thailand, one of the experts, to help get these poor uh, kids, members of this soccer team, out of their cave. Mm. Uh, pedo guy, yeah, uh, because he was making assumptions about you know yeah. men of a certain age living in Thailand, and it was just horrendous. Um, so to to me, it was horrendous. He's had various people defending him, saying it was being sarcastic and no. and what have you. How did it strike you, Tom? What was your initial oh. gut reaction? Oh well, like you know how people make the Tony Stark comparison. Yeah. And in that in that original oh, Iron Man yeah, film, yeah, yeah. he's kind of a dick before he turns into <laughs> Iron Man. And I think we're sort of reaching that, you know, will he crumble yeah. and actually turn into Iron Man? Yeah. We don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, he did make... Uh, the, the person's name is Vern Unsworth. Mm. And look, Vern Unsworth had been pretty forthright in calling the, the little child-sized sub um, that Elon and his engineers had been working on a stunt and yeah. said he should... Stick it where it hurts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So, and it's Elon, a rather large uh, rocket casing. It is a casing. large object. Yeah. <laughs> now, Elon, for what it's worth, had interpreted that as a sexual reference, which I found interesting in yeah. itself. Uh, but maybe, maybe that's some kind of excuse for for what he said in response. He oh. he came up with that, but he he referenced in his apology on Twitter, where else, um, a Cora article that that sort of defended his position, suggesting that he'd been called into the whole thing. My view is. If you're going to do some good stuff like that, just do it. Don't chest beat via mm. Twitter. Just get on with it because it does come across as self-aggrandizement and calling it yeah. a publicity stunt. Really, it doesn't seem too far of the mark. Well, absolutely. I mean, that that guy, Vern, know nothing about him, yeah. um, but his comments were pretty much what most of us were thinking, and that is is that, you know... Elon may have said that his 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 actions were his intentions were noble, but it did look like he was jumping into an opportunity yeah. to to get the brand out there and it's save like the day. He, it's like he can't help himself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Vern just said, you know, I think it's a PR stunt. You can, you know, shove it where it hurts. And I don't think that's a sexual comment. At all. I thought it was extraordinary. That <laughs> I he know, immediately I interpreted it that way. Anyway, yeah. let's look at it. And yeah. but uh, meantime, Model Three production. Look, yep, child size submersible. I think it was one or two. One. So 
one for yep. the week. That's yep. good. <laughs> that's probably on track in terms of <laughs> yep. projections. Bloomberg tracker. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But the Bloomberg tracker for the Model 3 is back down to 4,330. So, okay, now the target for 6,000 is the end of the year. Yep. It was the middle of the year. Yep. Uh, it's the end of the year, so we'll see. So it's not at 5,000 according to this Bloomberg tracker, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it next week. Didn't that's they hit a target recently? Allegedly. Allegedly. 5,000. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Now, that's a number that's not really independently verified. That's people at Tesla saying, okay, we built yeah, yeah, 5,000. Yeah, we did there it. There you go. Yeah, we yeah. did it. Trust us. Believe we we, we, we yeah, had yeah. a staff party. It was good. This Bloomberg thing, it was good. for people who may not have known, it's about um, uh, licenses uh, from various US registering bodies. It's about throughput of cars out to dealers. It's mm. various things are put together to come up with this yardstick. So at least the same variables are used each week mm. and you get a number. So there it is, 4,330. But speaking of vehicles, as we do, regularly on this podcast Richard you've just walked in having seen for the first time a well it's an extraordinary one it was the Rolls Royce of SUVs it was a Rolls Royce Cullinan it is in uh, fact a Rolls Royce SUV <laughs> it is a Rolls Royce SUV <laughs> 5.3 metres long uh, not particularly tall not particularly wide about 1.8 by 1.8 um, but under the bonnet is a twin turbo 12 cylinder engine uh is it Causal. in a W configuration? Or, or it's in a V12. It's a V12, yeah. 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 Okay. Is mm. that not one of the largest uh, engines on market currently, that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 6.7 litres or yeah, something like massive. that. massive. It's a big thing. Uh, you know, producing 800-odd newton metres and you know, 400-odd uh, kilowatts. In, in seeing it for the first time, looking at the pics, mm. it looks substantial in that it's just a big brute of a thing. But Absolutely. does it look... Classy? Does it look rolls like? Does it does it stand you back and go oh roll up? Absolutely, it it's, does. It's, okay. it's the cool. it's basically a phantom SUV form. Yeah, wow. It's, and it's priced accordingly as well. Drive away, six hundred and eighty five thousand dollars, right. which is not the most expensive roller. Dr- drive away, uh, drive away. Rolls Royce yeah. is doing drive away pricing. <laughs> drive away, no more to pay. Um, <laughs> six eighty five zero zero zero. Wow. Not as expensive as the Dawn, which goes for about a million nine hundred odd, um, and the Phantom yeah. is above it as well. That, that surprised uh-huh. me. I thought it would come in as a flagship. People, right. people were thinking flagship as well. Uh, no, it's not. I made a fool of myself. I couldn't even shut the door because it's all automatic. Um, you, there are <laughs> buttons. You don't, you don't shut it yourself. There are buttons you press to right. close So when it. you get in the car... You press a button and the you door press shuts. press a button to shut the door. Yeah, that's right. And, and did you get the impression that this is a car you're driven in or a car you drive? Uh, I asked that question. I said, is this a chauffeur car? Um, it's more... They are angling it as more as a car that you would drive yourself. A driver's car. Um, although right. they ruled out that, as, as uh, Ian, the, uh, Ian, Ian Porter, I think his name was, the global head of sales, said it would be pretty good rocking up to like a red carpet event in this as well. <laughs> um, and, and it looks every bit as much a Rolls-Royce as you'd imagine. There's a fridge on board. There's camping seats out the back. I mean, not that you take it to a caravan park. Um, no it's, toilet? It's no, no toilet. I asked if there was a mm. toilet. There's no loo. Um, real wood, lambs, wool, car mats. Uh, Any lambs? No lambs. Just, just a, lot lambs of, wool. a lot of lambs died for the for oh, mats, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose there's a bit of leather in there as well. So cows, lambs, yeah. anything on your property has actually been used to trim up the interior. <laughs> yeah. He actually said something weird to me. Um, not, you know, nothing personal. But he said... People often say weird things They too. do, they do. It's normally, yeah. He said, anything grey you see is hot. 
And I'm like, what? And he goes, anything grey, any grey material you see in here is heated. Was he talking about the car? <laughs> <laughs> Hint, I'm wearing grey underpants. Um, yeah, no, no, no. It, Very it was, it was everything, everything that was coloured grey in terms of the material in the car was heated. So you had heated, oh, he said, wow. heated elbow rests, heated, you know, um, armrests, the steering wheel, oh, everything, what? everything which was grey padded, it was heated. I think I, that's a bit much. I know, it, mm. I know it's terribly, uh, tragically boring to, to immediately go to this thought. But all I can think of is the complexity. Yeah. And irrespective of the integrity of the design and the engineering, just think that is so much more stuff that can potentially yeah. go yeah. wrong. Do you yeah. really need your elbows heated? And, and here's you know, the other the thing. I was thinking, I've had three cars in a row on test now that have all had heated seats. Right. And even on a three-degree morning, you turn the heated seats on and you sit in the car for, oh, I don't know, maybe 15, mm. maybe 20 minutes, and, it, and it's too hot, so you turn them off. Yep. Sure. So do you really want to start turning off every single feature on your car <laughs> yeah, after 15 minutes of yeah, driving it? I mean, heated seats, in my humble opinion, are great yeah. in winter. They really are yeah. such mm. a delightful kind of creature comfort. But yeah, you don't keep them on long. No, you're no. going to be scorched. No, it feels <laughs> like you've it's third you degree. You may as well drive straight to the, um, you know, the outpatients because <laughs> yeah. you're going to be copping some third serious degree burns. burns. Yeah. You don't want to get burnt down there. I melted cheese axes. Wow. Once. So what was the price again, Richard? Six eight six eighty five. Six eighty five. Drive away. One of the things which mm. stood out to me most of all for a car that had automatic doors, it has the world's biggest door handles. Wow. Where everybody else from Tesla to you know you name it are doing the concealed, you know door handles for aero and, and, you know, just for looks. Yes. These are like the doors of a bank, handles on a door of a bank. They're massive. Will Will Queenie have one? Or is it that, that Range Rover, Land Rover, is is as supplied to the royal family? I, or is Roller a supplier there as well? Would, they, Queen, would Queenie have one in the garage? JLRA. Um, ah, but Jacob, I think the, that's right. I think the Queen does have her own bespoke Roller. It's a Bentley, though. Ah. The, there's two of them. Oh, they're German, uh, but they are German. Though, yes. The royal family. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that, but they have two bespoke built Bentleys. Uh, yeah. okay. okay, so okay. maybe not this one. For Queenie, because I think I the big handles it makes it easier for I don't think so. you know, a woman of a certain age. But she wouldn't be opening the no. door anyway. Well, look, I think I think Queenie, when it comes to SUVs, she's rangy all the way, darling. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, one does not uh, one does not prefer Rolls Royces. <laughs> yeah. One prefers Range Rover. The the pricing, real quickly, made, made me curious because you can have a Bentley Bent Bentayga Bentayga. I'm Bentagia. not sure. Yep. Bent, Bentagia. Yeah, yep. uh, you can have one for half the price, three hundred and thirty-five thousand yeah, right. dollars. Yes. When I was at the Ghost launch a couple of years ago, I said to I think it was the then global head of sales uh, I said so look uh, are you trying to price this lower to compete with Bentley and he said Richard Rolls-Royce doesn't compete <laughs> with other car manufacturers we compare we compete with yachts and yeah. homes yeah houses and yachts he's pretty right he's right but yeah. not houses in Australia so. not houses <laughs> pretty hard to do the shopping in your yacht <laughs> yeah that's true that's anyway, true. Just now, also, um, talking about having just come back from launches, I've just come back from the first drive of the Mercedes-AMG C63, Ooh. and it's the S version only for us, although there is a non-S version available in other markets. What I can't talk about is how the car drives just yet, ironically, because there's an embargo on those, those drive impressions. What I can tell you about is the place where the launch was actually held. Um, it's a private race resort called Bilsterberg and it's in northern just above the halfway point of Germany and off to the to the west so sort of northwest Germany beautiful region called the Tudorberg Forest and it's a hot springs town you've got all these most beautiful old buildings and all these people there's about 180 of them have clubbed together chipped in like 
each of them a fair bit of dough and built a 4.4 kilometer private racetrack. Wow. Designed by Herman Tilker. Yeah. F1's go-to guy for every circuit that's been designed of recent times and none other than uh, Walter Raw. Wow. Yeah. So they, they're the two people yeah. who've put it together and it is like a mini Bathurst. Yeah. Like it just dips like really so it's deeply. Got elevation. Yeah, mm. elevation, mm. twist turns. It was the best fun. And without, you know, th- without going into detail, that's a car, the, the C63 is a car with enough performance to yeah. sort of find yourself thinking, this is a really fast track. And we had a tame racing driver in the front in a, an AMG GTR to kind, one, of, right? to kind yeah. of lead the way. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was a fantastic experience. Wow. So shot some video. Yep. I'll have a review up in the first days of next week. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Have there been any engine changes with that C63S? Uh, no. So yep. we have, uh, I think it's 375 kilowatts, 700 newton meter, yep. four liter twin turbo, but it's now got a nine speed auto okay. as opposed to seven speed. And it has a wet takeoff clutch rather than a conventional torque converter. Okay. So I did maybe, maybe I did a few launch control starts just to see how it went. Yep. And yeah, I can't talk about it, but uh, <laughs> you know, eventually you'll what find out. These things. What a what a great thing to do for a group of wealthy people just to build a track. Oh, you know? it's great. Yeah. Well, 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 the 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 clever thing is, I'm sure it's like, well, we we want somewhere to drive our fast yeah. cars, but it's also pretty much tailor-made mm. for exactly the kind of thing I just went to, which yep. is a product launch. Um, you know, it has commercial prospects as well as just this private use. Mm. And it's, it's absolutely new, superb. It's a new track. Newish. And we'll be seeing more of it then in the future. I suspect so. Oh. This is the second launch that Merck AMG has put on there. Um, it's just so good. They've, they've thought everything through, plenty of space for whatever you want to do, be it workshops, parking a lot of cars, running them around the circuit. Yep. And the roads around there, and we did do some drive loops out um, in the back of beyond. You just remember how great German B roads are, like a yeah. billiard table, mm, so yeah. smooth. So we'll see how it goes when it when it comes back. But uh, cool. no, that was great. And I think it is time for a word from our sponsor. Two words from Winton to the 2018 competition: you lose. More thunder this year from the Aussie legend that's taken the performance world by storm. It's a piece of street art honed in a tough neighbourhood, Bathurst. Aero efficiency holds the Winton Turbo down, but nothing holds it back. Talk of the devil, the upgraded Redback two-stroke V9 Turbo now howls with even more power and is backed up by an even smoother evolution of Winton's own torque tumbler transmission. There's a Winton for every purpose except standing still, and you deserve a car this good. The 2018 Winton Turbo. One look says a lot, one drive says it all. Information not based on facts. Allow six to eight months for delivery. Not intended for highway use. Store in a cool, dry place. Actual results may vary. Do not use if seal is broken. Dry clean only. Keep frozen until ready to use. Remember to dial before you dig. Whew. Winton. <clears throat> what can you say? Winton. Well, I don't know. Every time I hear the word, I get a bit teary. I, a bit te- yeah. I do yeah. too. Fever, I do too. But it's, it's, yeah. You're going to get a lump in the throat. It's coldness yeah. down the spine. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. coldness. Speaking of coldness. <laughs> that could frosty. just be Mars. Yeah. Where is Frosty Chops? He- head of uh, corporate communications and, uh, and government relations. Oh. Um, mm. at uh, Winton Motor Company. Mm. Now, of course, he is in Winton, 
working on the Festival of Speed. Yes, uh, yeah. but it's in just a couple of weeks' time. It's not the one that's just gone. No, it's the other Festival. It of is speed. the Winton Spe- mm. Festival of Speed. Um, it's run by the Victorian Historic Racing Register. But Frosty's bringing in the big guns oh. just to make sure it's the biggest success it can be. He's got Fernando Alonso, oh. <laughs> John Goss, yes. and Supergroup Kiss will be headlining oh. on the Saturday oh. night. Very so, on brand. Well, he was their manager for a few well, years. Frosty he? goes back a long way yeah. with Gene Simmons. Yeah. And Paul yeah. Stanley will be driving in the celebrity race. Oh, fantastic. There's a celebrity oh, yeah. race Is he going to be... On uh, did he get the P1? Not the P1, the Senna. Did he get the McLaren Senna to, along to... Paul, Paul Stanley? Yeah. Is he, did he buy one? Did he? Know? I don't know. No, they he bring might. it out to Winter... Oh. I heard. I heard that Frosty was trying to get the the center out there. When it comes to Frosty, yeah. all things yeah. are possible. Yeah, put it that trying way. To, if trying you, to if organize, that's a rumor you've heard, chances are it's look. True. I know that he was seen uh, eating cake at the Festival of Speed in Goodwood with Bruno Senna, and somebody overheard him saying, "We've got a festival of fe- festival of speed in Australia. Mm. It makes Goodwood look like." Someone's backyard. Yeah, mm. um, Frosty. He's he. As we all know, he's the ultimate networker. Oh. He can work a room like few other people on yeah. the planet. Do you know yeah. if he's more of a cheesecake or like yeah, what mud kind cake of cake man? was it? Bruno. Yeah. He loves sponge. Sponge oh, cake. He loves sponge. Yeah. In fact, Jam he filling? was talking Jam about yeah. And or in just fact, your plain sponge. There's uh, <laughs> Bruno likes the uh, sponge to jam ratio to be just right. Sponge cream. A jam. If it's not right, it's. Yeah. You, but he'll I know think that's why it. he and Frosty get on. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, talking of um, of supercars, mm. Winton being one, of course. Yes. Uh, Aston Martin has once again spread its spread its kind of uh, focus mm. beyond cars, its apartment buildings, its submarines, its whatever, and of course now it's a flying car, one of so many that are allegedly heading down the development. Uh, tube towards us and it's got nothing to do with flying Aston Martins you would say though Richard why, why do you make that claim no nothing at all it, it, just ignore the, the story altogether if you see it if you see it on on the internet um, Aston Martin I, I interviewed uh, their, their chief designer uh, a couple of weeks ago you'll see the story on carsguide.com.au Uh Marik Ruckman, uh, he, he... That's a Bond villain. It's oh, a, <laughs> yeah, what, what a whopper of a name. Marik Ruckman. Wow. He, uh, he's <laughs> or at least ma- he's a Bond director, he's yeah, the, as directed yeah. by Marik Ruckman. Yeah. He's, he's the man behind every single Aston Martin you can pretty much think of, apart from like the DB5. Um, he, you, know, you name it, if it begins with a V, he's designed it. Now, he also designed the block of flats, the, yep. the Miami, In Miami apartments. Yep. Uh, he designed the submarine. Including the area where you put your garbage bins yeah, and all that, that stuff, every that, detail. He, look, nothing, the nothing gets left out. The yep. post boxes, yep. uh, the recycling the curve bit, of the brickwork the on the front the brickwork, fence. Just, yeah. the, just the, the buzzers on the door. The yep. little wrought iron inserts. And, and, yeah, yeah. He got, he got it all. He's amazing. He got it all right, the doormat. Um, I asked, I asked Marik, why, why the submarine? You know, why the block of apartments? And his reason for doing them is is not to build a submarine because he wants Aston Martin to go into submarines and and the plane is is not because Aston Martin is going to be going into flying cars he said that the reason why is he wants to explore other ways of doing things to help him produce better cars he was concerned that Aston Martins were beginning to look a bit samey mm. um, and the way <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you know there's, there's a <laughs> reason to be concerned um, but he's he, he by by putting his talents into building a submarine, he was able to come up with the the the, the photo uh, uh, 
forgotten the name of it. The uh, Kicking Fingers, the Spanish the, thing. <laughs> the Castanets. Without yeah. developing the submarine, he never would have been able to do the... Yeah, the <laughs> castanets. No, the, um, the the glass on a submarine uh, gets a oh, lot of right, heat loading or something. Yeah. yeah. So, well, what happens is that when as you as you go from sort of the surface where it's forty degrees and you can go below the surface where it's minus forty, um, you've got a lot of solar loading on the glass and that affects the temperature inside. Um, and the way what he's done is he's applied that to Aston Martins of the future, where you'll no longer need you know either windscreen wipers or even sunshades and things right. like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Which Amazing. is brilliant. You'll get Which is this. brilliant. Yeah. But I must say, in one of the reports I read, I think it was launched in concept form at the Farnborough Air Show. Mm. Um, yep. And yep. that's every two years. And so the claim was, oh, we'll have one that'll be working in two yep. years. Yep. So, okay, mark that on your calendar. Yeah. yeah. You know, Aston Martin flying car, two years. Does it sort of, it's very Thunderbirds looking. So yes, it is. Does it sort of raise up out of the time? Oh, I think it would probably be in the pod that goes into Thunderbird 2, a bit like Thunderbird 4. Yeah. Thunderbird 4 has yellow, those the yellow rails one. that slides just into the water. Yeah. yeah. So the Aston Martin flying car oh. would be in a pod within Thunderbird 2. Yeah, and maybe yeah. the submarine could be inside the plane and yeah. then they can drop it in the ocean. Yeah. Perfect. And pulls up yeah. at the apartment. Yes. I love oh, it. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's what? the plan. It's, Abs- it's Tracy so Island. Got- He's really developing I like it. Yeah. I like Real it. I version. like it a lot. Okay. Now... In a similar kind of part of the world, Bugatti is not saying anything um, publicly, but there is a vehicle that's been spotted testing on the Nürburgring that's been called the Devo, and it's a limited edition with more power. It's going to cost around $6 million, allegedly. But my question is, do you have to wear an upside-down flower pot on your head? Is this some kind of co-promotion to the 70s slash early 80s kind of questionable pop band? Possibly for its, you know, its possible uh, ownership, maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, until now, all we've seen of the Devo is that bit of Alcantara upholstery, yeah. which is, was like, you know, showing someone someone's elbow and asking them name the body part. Was it heated? It was might have been okay, heated. an elbow heater. It was hard to wear. <laughs> it wasn't great. It was blue. So right. I don't. That was all they'd teased. Um, I would really like to know whether this is going to be. Like a some sort of development off of the Chiron, or will it be something altogether? Like, well, will it be an SUV? It's interesting, isn't it? Because Bugatti has this has built this wonderful reputation for making exceptional cars. Their level of engineering mm. is is pretty hard to to go past. Yet, only a couple of years ago, the likes of Ferrari and McLaren and Porsche stole all the headlines yeah. with their hypercars, and the Veyron kind of fell into the background. So Bugatti was hoping to kick all that along the road with the Chiron. And even that hasn't caused them to be put in the same set as those three hypercars. So this is possibly some kind of play to really get out ahead of it, you know? I think the lead-in and then lead-off for the Chiron was kind of... It was too slow. They said, oh, we're bringing this car. And then, you know, dribble little bits in news. And then I think by the time, you know, you've got new McLarens by then, you've got new Porsches by then, you've got new Ferrari, people sort of maybe stop caring about it. The lead-up and the wind-down was too too long. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see where the Devo goes. To me, it seems interesting. Look, it's a Chiron was spotted at the Nürburgring, and we believe that this is the Devo. Yeah. Underneath, yeah, um, that it's disguised. It's a disguised Devo in Chiron clothes. I wonder whether um, I don't know what Devo might mean in another Alberto Devo. Alberto yeah, Devo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Who is that person? Oh, it's a guy, just, just a bloke. A bloke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who was hanging around when they were thinking about this car? <laughs> 
or, or may yeah. have had some yeah. involvement in Bugatti's past. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's quite a historical figure, I believe, from right. Bugatti's past. Okay, okay. Um, I did Al- know. What's his first name again? Alberto. Alberto yeah. Devo. Yeah, that's Beautiful. right. Well, well done, Alberto. Not connected I'm, to the band. I'm guessing he might not be with us anymore. But uh, if you're out there, Alberto. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Mm. On you. Now, now, talking of buying cars, if you want, you know, your Bugatti uh, Devo, I I doubt you'll be going to Amazon. Mm. But pretty soon, uh, you'll be able to buy your Hyundai there. Mm. uh, Hyundai's launched a digital showroom on Amazon, and it seems like from books, they've now gone to anything you care to name. And do you buy stuff on, on Amazon top? Well, actually, I've got a fun anecdote about this. Okay, right? cool. So a- Amazon said uh, they're going to bring they're, they're going to bring this big operation to Australia, and it's been this like really long wind up. And and I got Amazon Prime a little while ago, thinking that I'd use it heaps, but I haven't used it much because their range there's just not that much on there. And supposedly right. you get free shipping, but it's only on some things. Because what is Amazon Prime? Because the only reason I know about Amazon Prime is where the the Grand Tour, you know, with yeah. Jeremy Clarkson and Natal went. After they got fired. Yeah. So you get um, access to some of their streaming services, yeah. which they have various TV shows. And that's sort of slowly gotten better and all that sort of stuff. Okay. And you get discounts on uh, their their digital bookstore. Mm. Um, so part of the reason I have it is uh, my girlfriend has a Kindle. So, she, you know, she can get some discounts and stuff by buying books I think there's, an, there's an ointment for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yogurt. Yogurt yeah, works. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And some kind of poultice. It yeah. ha- has to be Greek yogurt, though. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, but um, yeah, Kindles. No, Especially if you in the in the yeah. surf and oh, anyway. so yeah, anyway, you pay. It's it's much like any sort of subscription thing. You pay you pay you know a small amount of money a month, and you get various discounts and supposedly free shipping on some things. Right. So um, look, anyway, uh, my question is: the deployment of Amazon's been so slow already in Australia. Yes. How long is it going to take for this sort of thing to come here? Well, that's true, and I suppose the question in my mind as well is: what's the advantage for a customer? What where's the consumer advantage mm. in buying through Amazon rather than? Hyundai setting up its own kind of digital shop front. First party dealership, yeah. I mean, it's historic because it's the first time a car manufacturer has officially embraced Amazon as a as a as a virtual dealership that it can go through. I mean, you, you've been able to buy Subarus online in the past, but yeah. this is the first time that, that a car company has actually put their brand onto Amazon. It's Another really a platform, tip of the hat, isn't yeah. it? Saying Amazon is so strong and so powerful, we've yeah. got to be on there. Absolutely. Otherwise, we will have missed the boat. And you will see more yeah. as well. And and I'm just looking at it now. You can go on. You can buy Hyundai Kona. It gives you your you know your your list price, and then it gives you your dest- how much it's going to cost for your destination. It's 980 US dollars to get it within the US delivered. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then it gives you a few suggested retail price as well. So you can go. If you got a little bit tipsy on Friday night, you can buy yourself a Hyundai Kona, actually, yeah. from Hyundai and on a Amazon. Kindle. And a Kindle. And, the, and the, the thing is, that the, the kind of tricky bit operating in the background of all of this is the dealers. Mm. So they're sitting there going, oh, well done, Hyundai. That's great. I doubt it's a direct model in that your delivery and sale would ultimately be through a Hyundai dealer, yes. I'm guessing. Yep. So this yep. is your way of actually selecting the vehicle and then depending on your location and all of that because understandably bricks and mortar car dealers are touchy when yeah. it comes to direct online selling. I don't think that's such a bad thing though because um, I went to a dealership with a friend recently and um, well, I remember one of the things that people say about it is you go in and you find exactly the car you want and exactly the spec, and they go, oh, that'll take six months to deliver. Great yeah, At point. least that way you can know before you go there. Great yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, dealer swapping... 
vehicles, wholesale cars around, that's absolutely the way it goes. But yeah, having an idea before you, yeah. before you engage, yeah. that's and, a great point. And I think also for the manufacturer, it lets them know what kind of demand there is for maybe niche specifications. So say there's yeah. a, a spec with a sunroof that would otherwise take six months to deliver. If lots of people start ordering that yeah. in a particular market, then they, they can manufacture more of them at the factory. Mm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Mm. I agree. All right, now moving on, ANCAP, the um, independent safety assessment organisation uh, based in Canberra, but it's got facilities all around the country, including the Crash Lab here in Sydney, has tightened up its standards in terms of what will qualify for each of its star levels. And Cars Guide readers will know that a maximum score is five. Yep. There have been some notable low scores during the last 12 months or so. Uh, or a couple of years, really, the Ford Mustang coming to mind with initially two and more recently three stars out of five. It seemed like five stars was a foregone conclusion for any car worth its salt. But, Richard, you've turned up the fact that ANCAP's tightened the screws a bit on what it takes to get five stars. Yeah, that's right. This comes off the back of uh, Mazda CX-8 and Volvo XC40 uh, both being awarded a five-star ANCAP rating. Now, that's under the new ANCAP system. Uh, so just I'll just give you an idea of, of what that means so in 2011, in order to get a five-star right. ANCAP rating, you needed to have... Now, these are the criteria in which ANCAP stipulated back then. As in, if you didn't have one of these things, yeah. you, wouldn't, you could not get your five-star. You could stars. not get it. You had all to right. have all these covered. You had to have good levels of occupant protection. So yeah. front offset test at 64 Ks, side impact test at 50 Ks, and a pole test at 29 Ks. You also had to have electronic stability control. Yeah. You also had to have three-point seat belts. Great, and great you move. Also, Good idea. <laughs> to have yeah. head-protecting side airbags. All right. Now that was 2011. 11. Okay, yep. so keep that in mind. If you're buying a car which is tested in 2011, it might be new, but it hasn't been retested. Five stars is not five stars now. Today, so the new 2018 requirements are, and it's vastly different. You, need, you also need good levels of occupant protection, but the definition of that has changed now. All right. You need frontal offset test at 64Ks, a side impact test at 50Ks, an oblique pole test at 32km, yep. a full width test at 50km, pedestrian protection test at 40km, whiplash test at 16km, plus active systems to detect and avoid pedestrians and cyclists. Yep. You need a, it needs to be a safe choice for carrying children which is one of the reasons why the Mustang was, was scored uh, right. poorly. Yes. It had, you know, it, yep. it had low marks for child uh, reprotection. Uh, and improved range of safety features and the latest feature, um, autonomous safety features. If it doesn't have autonomous safety features, such as autonomous emergency braking... Does that mean braking? braking? Yep. Really? Yep. That's a bit of a breakthrough, get, isn't it? It Pardon cannot get the five stars now. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be sorting the wheat from the chaff. Absolutely. I I mean, because AEB is still relatively low in terms of its representation across mm. the whole car market. I, I find Absolutely. this interesting as well because it can be quite confusing for consumers because recently I was looking into uh, the Fiat 500, which still carries a five-star ANCAP safety rating. It was rated five ANCAP safety stars way back in 2008 yeah. or 2007 yeah. even. Well, that's yeah. it. And that was the uh, an issue that we've discussed before on the mm. podcast in terms of currency of a car's score. Well, that's you know, it. How long can it kick around? The Fiat 500 has yeah. been around forever. Yep. Um, so it hasn't been retested yet. It's able to still kind of hang a five-star... Ten years later. ...badge Absolutely. on its chest. Suzuki S-Cross, which we, we did a video on, we road tested recently, 
has a five-star ANCAP rating, but from 2013, wow. it doesn't come with any advanced safety equipment. No AEB, no blind spot, no rear cross traffic, none of these things, which you buy a CHR now yeah. or a HRV, and they are standard, if not on the top of the models, they're optional on the, on the base. Well, it was, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I seem to remember that it was ANCAP's activation in terms of ES, like electronic stability program, mm that caused it ultimately to become mandatory. Yeah. Mm. That this may mm. be the beginning of a similar process for this latest batch of stuff. I, I am, Absolutely. I'm a little concerned that it might uh, bring up a little bit of an issue in that this could be our kind of, uh, like, the European emissions laws for us. Yep. It's a huge thorn in the side for manufacturers. It's going to cause prices to go up. Uh, or you know they're going to have to start making you know losses on uh, sure. on certain you know they'll they'll lose margins yeah um, so it, you know it's a bit of a worry then you know pushing manufacturers into a bit of a corner saying Definitely. now every car has to have AB otherwise well, you're not going to get five stars I've got a question for you um, and I know the answer now, if ANCAP didn't exist and they didn't have that that requirement asking for autonomous yeah, emergency a great point. would car manufacturers yeah. put it into their cars yeah. yeah it'd be one or two and they'd price them higher. Yeah, That'd that's a great thing. point. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. That's good for yeah. you, Richard. Thank well you. Well done. I know. Yeah. Um, and now <laughs> we'll do, we we are near we are near to the finish, but we will very very quickly do a whip round on uh, what what we've been steering. So, well, starting with you, Tom. All what, right. what, have, what have you been? So I've steering? had a Toyota CHR uh, two wheel drive Cobra. So that's the top. There's top, only top spec. Yeah, there's only two specs. Yep. There's you got the base model and you got the Cobra, hmm. and you can have uh, either with uh, two wheel or, or all wheel drive. Yeah. Um, and I've said this in you know my draft words for the review, but uh, it's very rare to drive a car on this job that is truly kind of underpowered. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. got, it's got a little 1.2 litre engine and Richard and I were having this conversation this week because he was driving the Suzuki Vitara yes. which is a similar layout is but the, the, the Toyota is a three cylinder isn't it or is it a four no, cylinder no it's a four, four cylinder, cylinder 1.2 right. litre it has yep. 85 kilowatts yep, yep. Um, Richard was driving a Suzuki Vitara same layout two yep. wheel drive front, yep. front wheel drive uh, it, it has a 1.4 litre yep. engine and you've got 103 kilowatts 103 and 220 yeah. uh, newton metres so and it's a little bit more for torque uh, but quite Quite a bit more for for kilowatt, and yep. it makes a huge difference. Like the Suzuki is yeah. a lot of fun to drive. So, did you guys both drive both cars? Uh, we haven't, but I've driven. Yeah, we've, we've driven. driven, driven past. We have driven each other's cars. We are, we are the Vitara <laughs> yeah. um, CHR brothers. We know yeah. those cars better than anything at the moment, and I've got to say that CVT kills that CHR. <sighs> it's such a, that car has such a great chassis. It's so fun to steer, but that CVT kills yeah. it. On the other hand, the Vitara 1.4 liter booster jet. Um, 103 kilowatts, great engine, regular six-speed yeah, automatic torque old, converter old um, transmission, but at the same time, it doesn't have the qu- like. It's great to drive, but doesn't have the quality that the CHR's where, got. Where is the booster jet fitted? Is it actually <laughs> bolted onto the back of the roof, or yeah. just under the bumper? Yeah, yeah. The back? it's just under the bumper up its back. You can see it. Light the wick on that, yeah. and off you go. But it's been. A, it's sorry, Tom. The most curious thing I find about the difference between those two motors mm-hmm. is that. Despite the fact that you know Toyota seems to have gone for the more eco route with the smaller engine, the turbocharger, and all that, slight a little bit more from the Suzuki, and you're not even getting a higher fuel figure than me. No, and it's funny. Uh, I drove the naturally aspirated um, RTS uh, Vitara, then drove the front wheel drive uh, Vitara t- Turbo, and, and then now I'm in the, the four wheel drive one. Um, 
Yeah, the turbo engine gets such better fuel economy than, than the naturally aspirated yeah. one. I was doing 14 litres per 100 in the naturally aspirated, yeah. and now it's down to like seven. Yeah, seven time. is amazing. I'm yeah. getting eight in the CHR, and I think it's just because it has to try so hard yeah. to yeah. do everything. All right, well, look, the clock's <coughs> ticking. I'll tell you I was driving an AMG C63S, but I can't tell you what it was like. So that was, that was, that was good. <laughs> good well, when will we yeah. find out? So when's <laughs> your story uh, going up? Uh, it'll be the middle of this week. So okay. by Wednesday morning, you'll be and able to read well. all about that. Okay. Club. So with that, we have indeed reached the finish line. Thank you, Richard. Thanks. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Uh, and thanks to our producer, Marsden, for putting it all together behind the scenes. We've been thinking about celebrating Christmas in July, and thanks to him, we already have the turkey. <laughs> Um, thank you for listening, and please give us your thoughts on anything we've discussed today. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. You can listen to and watch us on YouTube, and if you've an iTunes devotee, please rate and review us. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, if Apple makes a car, will it have windows? Don't know. Yeah. Oh, good Big questions. Good. I thought I'd get a laugh for that. But I thought there was a joke. I thought there was a punchline coming up. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Marsden. See you next week. Stop sorry.